we are indeed privileged. Amen. He didn't have to tell us that. He didn't have to let us know. He didn't have to pull us from Egypt until his marvelous promised land, but he did. And we just want to say thank you this morning, Lord, for it is indeed a blessing to me amongst those who believe. We were looking at something. God woke us this morning, as he always does. And he's, he, 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 he started talking to us early this week, and I was sharing with the brother. I said, this is almost too much to bear. And, and I, I, we talked all week long, and he kept adding and adding and adding to it. And how God speaks to you, he builds upon his conversations. And when you have that type of relationship, it is a wonderful thing just to, to see him build your, your understanding of him. Because it's not your understanding. It becomes his understanding. Amen? And he's sharing it with you. So he's sharing something with us this morning. And, and if you write titles down, he says, the power and protection of his word is what we're going to look at today. Uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes, if you would. Uh, chapter 7 this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. We looked at, uh, we touched on this a little bit on prayer meeting on Wednesday night. But, but he said, I'm building on that Wednesday night uh, um, a prayer meeting. And, and, and when you get a chance, call in. When you get a chance, we have a great time in the middle of the week. I think our sister, uh, uh, Katie, calls it the midweek snack. Go ahead, and if you would, call in, because they tend to build on it. Matter of fact, on Wednesday, what happens is that, that the Lord gives us a scripture for the morning prayer session, and that morning prayer session scripture normally walks right into the evening uh, Bible study. So while we still have the ability or say capability, we should say, participate in these things on the line. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 12. Lord says, for wisdom is a defense. Amen? Amen? And money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. See, this sets us in a mindset that we need defense, don't we? We need a defense. Don't act like we don't. Don't think, don't ever let that cross your mind. We need defending against something. Amen? And, and, and unfortunately, we spend most of our time trying to grab money and use it as a defense. And even when you have money, it is not the defense that gives life. Wisdom gives life. Amen? To those that have it. And so what we're looking for is, says, Lord, what, what is this wisdom? What what, what, are you, what are we being defended against? And, and, and what do we need to be doing? And how do we grab this wisdom? And if we get a good answer from Deuteronomy chapter 4, what God is doing with us, he's trying to teach us, you need defending because there is something going on that you're not aware of or you're not paying attention to. And the only way out is my wisdom. The only way out is my word. The only way out is my commandment. Because when we don't follow those things, we lose our defense. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's begin at verse 5 if we would. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 5. We there? He said, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whether you go to possess it. He said, Moses, Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. He said, God has told me to give you these things because this is your defense. My word is your defense. Your obedience to my instruction is your defense. 
And he said in verse 6, Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom, amen, and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Why? Because this great nation is supposed to be following God's commandments. Because it is their wisdom. It is our defense. We need defending against something. See, we don't understand dis what disobedience does. We very, very, very rarely contemplate what obedience does, but we really don't realize what disobedience does. That's why he said, I need you to understand I've given you my laws, my statutes, judgments, my commandments, my word to get you in a place where I can defend you. Amen? We need defending. And it's his word that does it. You're going to say, well, Brother Shaw, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, his word does it. His word, his statutes, his commandments, there are these... It's a path to walk in. He said, walk and stay on this path. Here, here, here's my instructions. Here's a signpost. Here's a signpost. Here's a mile marker. Here's a turn. Stay here because you need defending. And I defend my people on this path. Amen? Now, and, and let's, let's go to Psalm 19. Go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. He said, I've given you something. We talked about the Sabbath this morning, didn't we? A as a tool God uses to help us, to sanctify us, right? But, but let's go a little deeper than the Sabbath. Let's go to Psalm 19 and verse 7. We'll begin there. Psalm 19, verse 7. And this word of God does something. This word of God, this commandment of God does something. And verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is what? What does it do to us? Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. See, this is what the law of God, the word of God does to us. It converts the soul. Amen? And he said, the statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. It not, see, the word does what? It rejoices the heart. What else does it do? The commandment of the Lord is pure enlightening the eyes. So when we say that the word of God is, 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 is something that we need to be following and obeying, you see the benefit of it. It converts the soul. It what? Rejoices the heart. It does what? Enlighten the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. So you don't have to worry about the word changing on you. You don't have to worry about going to get a new set of instructions uh, tomorrow because you know, those instructions aren't any good anymore. He said, endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And more to be desired that are they than what? Gold. Remember we read in Ecclesiastes that money is a defense? Leave that money defense alone and get the word of God. Let it be our defense. For more to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. That's when I hear people say the Sabbath is a burden. Man, what's wrong with you? He said it's sweeter than a honeycomb. Is it not? Yes. The obedience of God is sweeter than a honeycomb. And, 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 and if we, we just learn to accept the word, and his power helps us to obey the word, it, you will have the honeycomb experience. And this is what we're looking for this morning. Moreover, by them, 
by the word of God, by the commandments of God, is thy servant what? Warned. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. Do we understand the importance of this word that he's given us? You see all the things in this one little, this little piece of a chapter in Psalms, what the word of God does for us. It is the power and protection of his people. And we need to understand, to appreciate this word and ask God to give us his spirit so we may keep his word. Because this is our defense against this enemy we're going to talk about. See, when we follow God and we do his commandments, do you know what happens to us? We receive power from heaven. We have a, a pattern to go by because the power of heaven is with us now. See, we never forget this is spiritual. Everything we talk about is spiritual. And so even the word of God is spiritual. It, it takes us, it puts you in a spiritual position that you can be defended. It puts you in a spiritual condition so you may understand what war you're in. Don't you know why Satan wants you not to have the word of God? Because it brings you into connecting, uh, a connecting relationship with God. Go to Isaiah if you would. There was a problem in Israel, as there always was. Forgot what we're talking about this morning. Well, let's see what happened to them. Because God says, look, you don't understand what's outside of me. You have forgotten that outside of me is another entity. And when you start obeying that other entity, what happens to you? That entity has its way with you. In Isaiah chapter 5, please. Isaiah chapter 5. And let's go, if we would, to verse 24. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 24. It says, Therefore... As the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the shaft, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossoms shall go, out, go up as dust. Now, you'd hate to be these people, wouldn't you? Well, let's see, what why did this happen? Why was this judgment pronounced upon them? Because they have cast away, what? The law of God, of, the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of a holy one of Israel. Do we do that? God has been so kind to us to give us his word, his laws, his commandments, his, his instruction, and, and we've cast away the law of the Lord of hosts. And we see in, in the first part of the verse what happens to those who cast away the commandments of God. What happened? They were consumed. What do you think happens outside of the obedience of God? You get consumed. Why? Because there's a consuming entity out here that you think it's cute to play with. Oh, it's just my decision. No, I don't feel like following God. When you make that statement, you have signed up somewhere else. Know that. There is no limbo, there's no purgatory, there's no in-between, there is not you, it's my thing, I'm going to do what I want to do. When you say no to God, you said yes to who? You believe that? Can you see that? 
But what's awful about it is when you say no to God, you give Satan the right to do whatever he wants to in your life. And when I say, you say no to God, God says, do it this way. I'm going to do it, but it ain't going to be that way. You ever done that before? God said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Yeah, I remember the Sabbath day, but you know what? That's the holy stuff. Game on. I, ain't, I don't know. And you give Satan lawful. You become Satan's lawful captive. When he says, honor your father and your mother, and you say, no, you know, they're all right, but... And God says, I, I, I need you to, 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 to be holy. Ah, I ain't got time for that holiness. I'll come to church, but that's about it. You signed up with the enemy of God. You say, Pastor Shaw, that's hard, but it's real. What outside of obedience is disobedience, and who is the king of disobedience? We have been studying the last two weeks about witchcraft, have we not? We, we have, God has shown us that all the disobedient things we're doing, we become practicing witches. And then they shot the windows out. Y'all didn't do that, did you? <laughs> but, but what we have to understand is that's the reality. You're either with or without God. Now, keep going. Genesis 4. This is what happens. This is what happens. And you can't deny it, and you can't resist it. Fix it, because this is the way God set this thing up. It's either me or my enemy. One great thing about God, though, we can cry out in the enemy's camp, and he'll get us. Thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. Because, man, we had a house in the enemy's camp, didn't we? Some of us had big mansions. We had apartment complexes in the enemy's camp. But the Lord got our attention somehow. That little enmity he put in us when we were, we were created, he said, do you hear my voice? And we cried out, and he delivered us. All we can say is thank you. Let's go to Genesis 4. What do you think happens outside of obedience to God's word? Genesis 4. Nice little account here. A guy named Cain. God was explaining something to Cain. The same thing he explains to us this morning. He said, man, what, 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 why, what's wrong with you? What, why are you surprised? In verse 5 of Genesis chapter 4, he says, But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. Why? Because Cain did what most people do. Yeah, Lord, I'll give an offering, but I'm not going to do it the way you asked me to do it. And then I'll consider myself holy because I did follow the instruction, didn't I? When we read about old King Saul, Saul went and fought the battle. He won the battle. Then he had the nerve to lie to Samuel. Because God told him to destroy everything, didn't he? Well, I destroyed. See, I obeyed, Lord. I followed your command. I destroyed. And what does Samuel say? What is this bleeding out here? <coughs> I'm listening to these sheep you brought back from the destroying, you know, event that you had back then. And what did God say to him? He said, look, man, I don't need your interpretation of my way. And that's the same lesson he was trying to teach Cain. He said, Cain, don't interpret my way. 
If I say it, do it the way I say do it. Can we see that? Verse 5 says, But unto Cain and, and to the offering, I'm sorry, and unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Isn't that us? He told me to do this. I did it. We ever do that for God? Had a bad attitude with Jesus. You know, when you write your tithe and check, that bad attitude you got. I'm, yeah, I'm going to do it because, you know, I don't want God mad at me. Tell you what, keep that in your pocket. Matter of fact, go do something else with it. Go get your idol because that's who you got in the first place. God said, do it the way I have instructed you to do it. Cain's countenance fell because he had an own idea about how he was going to do what God told him to do. And so God came to him in verse 6 and said, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, man? And why is thy countenance fallen? And he said, Look, man, don't you know how this thing works? He said, If thou do as well, shalt thou not, shalt thou not be accepted? Isn't that the promise of God? He said, if you do it this way, I told you to do it, it'll be accepted. He said, Cain, don't you know that? Cain, we've been here before. Ask your father. Now, but then he said, and if thou doest not well, guess what? Sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be that, uh, his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. He said, if you do well, you'll be accepted. And well is defined by who? God. If you do what I ask, if you're obedient to my word, hey man, I accept it. Don't you think God is standing there wanting to accept us? But he's not going to accept sin. And he said, Cain, man, if you do it like your brother did, you know, just exactly like I asked you to do it, I will accept it, Cain. Even now, I'll accept it. He said, go back and give me another one. <laughs> Cain said, man, no. And we know what, what was the end of that? Not only did he kill his brother, he started a race of rebels. And you know what happened? Who was the rebel? Satan. What is Satan's position in, according, I mean, what does he want to do with you? Kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what came out of that decision not to obey. Is that big enough for you? You don't know what's going to come as a result of your disobedience. You can't keep track of it, can you? Just like you can't keep track if you do well and be accepted. Hey, I read somewhere that said, you know, we go, when we get to hell, there's going to be some people with some bright crowns on. They didn't know they had all them stars on their crown. They just did what was acceptable in the sight of God, and it affected millions of people. But you can have the same effect on the other side. Amen? Amen? That's why it's so dangerous. So dangerous to be a leader of men. Because Satan just goes at you. If, you, if I can get that, that, that minister, if I can get that pastor, if I can get him, he'll get the whole congregation. Do we have any evidence of that? Amen. He says, sin lieth at the door. Who's at the door? Go to 1 Peter. We got to see this. We got to see this. That old dear brother Trotter used to say in your Holy Ghost imagination. You got to see this. Because if we don't know this, 
we're going to think that doing the way we want to do it is okay. As if we are the creator himself. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about doing what? Seeking whom he may. You know he's going to devour the disobedient. You got off the path. You got off the, the, the walkway. You decided that God's way was burdensome. You decided, I didn't want to do it that way. And as soon as you do that, guess who's at the door? And we step on out there and then get mad at God because we're getting devoured out here. He said, there's power and protection in my word. Follow my commandments and live. Amen? We left our protection. We left our protection. We got to stop leaving that protection. God said, I didn't waste my words. I didn't waste my time. I gave you my statutes and my judgments. I gave you my commandments. I've given you my word. Follow them. But we say what? Let's go to Romans chapter 1. We are in a war. It is a real war. We have to stop giving Satan lawful entry to our lives. Because Cain started off just disobeying one thing, didn't he? He disobeyed the offering procedure. And he ended up killing. And he ended up starting a race of people that were rebels, that were disobedient to God. How about us? How often will God have to get us until we get the point? He said, my way, as described by me, is for you. I have given you a way. Walk therein. But Romans chapter 1, verse 16, we'll start. We'll go 16 through 18, and we're going to go to 21. He said, for I am not ashamed of what? The, the, this word of God, this commandment of God, this news of God, I'm not ashamed of it. For it is what? The power of God unto salvation to everyone that does what? Believe it. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. We see that? How wonderful that is. He said, my word is the power of God. He said, my gospel is this. He said, follow it. It, it will give you all that you need. We found in Psalms it gives you joy, peace, happiness. It gives you all these things that you're looking for when you decided to go into another path to look for things that only can be found in this path. He said, man, what are you doing? Do you know that joy cannot be found anywhere outside of God? Do you know happiness cannot be found anywhere outside of the law of God? Here's one for you. Because I know we don't get this message. Love can only be found in the word of God. The path, that's it. It can't be found anywhere. I don't care what the songs say. I don't care what television, the movies say. Love only comes from God. So if you want love, who do you seek first? God. I mean, not, you know, what are the things on? Uh, dateme.com or something. <laughs> I don't know what they call Yeah, date, thank you, brother. Date with. That'd be a good name. Y'all do that one. It makes money. Uh, but you're not going to find that. 
See, we do this. We try to find the person and then look to God. God fixed this. I love her. Oh, look, I didn't fall in love with her. I'm going to ask you because it ain't really right and I need you to do something. Fall in love with love. Which is who? God. You want to really be in love. Fall in love with love. Because love will teach you how to love. Love will let you experience what love really is. And then you might one day be able to share the love that you felt, I mean, the love that you got from love with somebody else, and y'all can love each other. Does that make sense? All right, write it. Write this song. Okay. That's what love is. You can't find that outside of God. Because it doesn't exist outside of God. Satan has convinced us that it does. Lust exists outside of God. Selfishness exists outside of God. And we put selfishness and lust and just, just scratch it out and put the word love on it. We all right? Verse 17. <laughs> For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it, it is written... The just shall live by faith. Faith in what? The word of God. Because the word of God tells us to believe. The word of God tells us walk this way. The word of God tells us we have a savior. The word of God says I'll take care of it. The word of God says don't worry about that. I got you covered. That's what faith to faith is. Live by faith. Live, live as if the word of God is true for you. Not just Moses, not Aaron, not Deborah, not Miriam. Don't act like that's, it's only true for them. It's true for you. Live like it. Amen? Verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That's my biggest deal. Man, I got into most scraps with certain denomination people because I, the first thing out of my mouth, see, Isaiah, I wasn't always gray beard. I had the zeal of you young people. And man, I couldn't wait to tell these pastors, you hold the truth in unrighteousness. I can't stand y'all. It was a whole denomination. <laughs> it's one particular denomination. And I couldn't wait to tell them that. I would look for opportunities to get in their face and say, God is against you because you held the truth and unrighteousness. Now, take my counsel, Lord counsel. Don't do that. Life don't have to be that hard. It really doesn't. You don't need the scars I got. But God said, look in the mirror and see if you're that person you're talking about. Are you holding the truth and unrighteousness? And you know what I had to do? Get on my knees and say, you're right. <laughs> that the man is me. So we have to not hold the truth. What is the truth? Word of God, right? Are we holding it in unrighteousness? When I say hold it, I don't mean just handing it in your hand. I'm talking about having it in your, in your, in your life, and you're not using it the proper way. You're picking and choosing. You're, you're buffeting Jesus. You know how you go through a buffet? I like the tomatoes. I don't really like cucumbers. I'm going to pass the cucumbers. I'm going to go get the olives. You know how it is. Okay. 
how about the Chinese buffet, okay? Maybe you're more familiar with that. I was going to the salad bar, I apologize, okay? I got the roast pork. I got egg rolls, I like them. Uh, uh, this uh, sweet and sour chicken, oh, I love that, I love that. You know, but uh, uh, the vegetables, get the vegetables out of the way. Is that sound more familiar? <laughs> we can't treat the truth that way. The truth is whole. The Lord our God is one Lord. So all of it is taken, amen? And it takes all of it to fix us. So we got to get to the point where we don't hold the truth and unrighteousness. We say, yes, Lord, we're not Cain. We'll be able. It comes his life. Are we ready for that? Lord said, verse 21, because that when they knew God, you know, when, when God introduced himself to you, and, he, and you start coming to church and you start looking at the, man, the, the Bible and the spirit of prophecy and, and you start learning some stuff. He said, but when you knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful. Can you imagine you being so lost and somebody gives you a GPS? Wouldn't you be thankful? Somebody dropped you off in Siberia. You had no idea where you were and then somebody came by, here's the GPS, man, find your way out of here. That was us. We were lost. What's the old song? I was lost, but now I'm found. God is, he said, here, here's the way out of this thing. And we used to be thankful, didn't we? We're real thankful when he gets us out of something that we couldn't get out ourselves. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you. And then we go back and get in the same thing that he just got us out of. He said, they weren't thankful because but became vain in their own imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made to corruptible man. Now see, it started out by knowing the truth, because he said when they knew the truth, when you had it, it started out with you not using it the way you have been instructed to use it. Okay, then you start getting vain in your imagination, thinking you can change the word of God to meet your expectations. Then all of a sudden you get down here and you start making idols. You didn't make idols the first day, did you? Do you see the progression of sin when you're disobedient? Now let's keep reading. Let's see what else happened. Maybe some good thing came out of being disobedient. Let's see. He said, and change the glory of the God, of the uncorruptible God, into an image made like the corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to what? Uncleanliness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between. See, how do we get here? You knew the truth. And decided, mm -hmm. But you, you thought you justified yourself because you walked close to the truth. Like Cain. Cain, made, Cain gave an offering, didn't he? Books say give an offering. Cain, real close, but he didn't do it the way God instructed him to do it. And then he became vain in his own imagination. Can you imagine the vanity of a person who thinks they can change the law of God? Now we're down here dishonoring ourselves between ourselves. What, 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 how do we get here? Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie 
and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. He said, for this cause, God gave them up to what? What do you think was going to happen <laughs> outside of obedience is vile affection. We do know that, right? Because that is the spirit of the rebel. That's what happens outside of God. You can't fix that. You can't save that. Out Babylon is what? Fallen is fallen. Would you please stop trying to hold it up? I'm going to go save them by being one of them. Okay. If you, you know, well, I'm going to use that scripture. It says, to the, to the Greeks, I was a Greek. To the Romans, yeah, he said, yeah, you were in Greece. You talked to them in a language they could understand. When you were in Rome, you were in Rome, and you talked to them in, with, with, with nice parables they could understand because of their environment. You didn't become Roman. You're going to save those who, who will dishonor their bodies by dishonoring your body. Really? That's how that's going to work, huh? Why? Because you weren't thankful when God gave you his word. You didn't practice his word. You tried to find ways around his word. You tried to see how close you could be, how many sins you could commit and still be called a Christian. Verse 27. No, we ain't finished with 26 yet, have we? For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. How did you get here? People, let me, let me put something on you, just if that ain't enough. <laughs> That's where you're going. See, because sin is swift now. The transition from disobedience to full, outright rebellion is swift now. Used to, you know, the tide wasn't, I mean, the, the river wasn't flowing so fast in the old days. It might take you a little while to get down to this. Not today. You step off. Gone. I'll never do that. Six months later, I don't know why I'm here. Oh, Lord, I just, what am I doing? It doesn't take long, especially those who knew the truth. See, God has mercy on those who didn't hear. God has mercy on those who just misunderstood. Nobody came to him. Nobody talked to him. Nobody sat him down. Nobody had, had a building to come to and talk out of the word of God. They didn't have that, but you all do. You can't get away with it now, can you? It's like health. Man, you know what? I'm so glad my, my, my God has recognized in me this this hard-headedness, especially when it deals with health. I love it. I love it when I get sick. Because he says, that's why. <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'll get the sniffles, and I'll look back and say, you ate that, didn't you? <laughs> Instead of me, I don't know why I can't eat peanut butter no more. <laughs> Praise him. Thank you, Lord. And the older I get, I don't know, I don't think it has, I don't know, it might have something to do with age. But I know one thing. The closer I get to him, the more those things happen. Oh, I can't do like I used to do. And I'm talking about what I used to do is healthier than most of y'all in this room right now. 
You know, I have not had red meat in 30 years. I ain't had a chicken wing in 25. <laughs> Healthy, ooh, ah, it's another level. And God says, you know, I'm going to take you to another level. I need you to go another level for me. Okay, Lord, what, what are we doing? You can't do that no more. But, but, there went the soy milk. <laughs> Here comes the almonds. You know. I like, but, 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 but. <laughs> but, Lord, you know, man, about 830, I love that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Next level, can't do that. But, 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 and Jay. Nine o'clock had a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> All night long, God was singing songs to me. Poor fella. Sick now, ain't you? You don't feel good, do you? And all I can say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He knows me. He has to be swift with me. So I won't think I'm right. Anybody want that swiftness in their life? No, no, no. I still want to go to Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's keep reading. God said, and likewise also the men leaving the natu natural use of a woman burn in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is what? Unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And verse 28 says, and even as they did not like to what? Retain God in their knowledge. See, we're not talking about an ignorant people here. These people knew God, but they decided not to retain God in their, in their minds. And you see all the things that happened as a result of it? God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with how much? All unrighteousness. And then he started breaking it down. See, these are unrighteous things. Are we all right with this? What was the first thing he listed? Sister Precious, I keep forgetting to bring my pen because sometimes I have to drop the pen because it gets so quiet in here I want to hear it. Because God says, I told you what to do. You did not retain my knowledge. Therefore, here you go. He said, being filled with all unrighteousness. Hey, man, there you go. Knock yourself out. Fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of what? Envy. Murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of, oh, hold on, before we go, what are we reading? A list of all unrighteousness that come from a result of disobedience. You and I become this when we disobey. Why? Because when we disobey, we look, we hook up with the demons that are called these. I can't help myself. No, you can't because you left the only thing that could help you. You never seen an honest fornicator because fornication has a sister, a fellow demon called envy, called covetousness. Why would you fornicate without covetousness? You coveting something, aren't you? It's just an avalanche of demons when we disobey, especially when you know and you, and you don't do right. 
Now, we're not finished. I apologize. Because I'm sure the first ones we've read doesn't apply to anybody in here. Maybe we get in chapter verse 30. Backbiters. Now, I, I, I'm not going to say raise your hand when I get to you, okay? Backbiters. <laughs> Haters of God. Nobody says that. Nobody says that I hate God. Do they? Oh, when we say, Lord, yeah, but. What do you think you're saying? Haters of God, disrespectful. Despiteful, I'm sorry. That's coming. <laughs> Despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. These are called all unrighteousness, and it all came from disobedience. Have we ever been any of these in our lives? Do you know that these are names of demons that we give, we give them permission in our lives? You have to understand, outside of obedience, is this. This will be the result. Thank God for mercy. Amen. Verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. We know that, don't we? Yes. We know it because the word told us. The one we used to believe in, the one we used to read all the time, the one we used to try to go by. He said, the word taught us this. We know these things. It's worthy of death. But the problem is, not only do we do the same, but we have what? Pleasure in them that do them. How do I know we have pleasure in them that do it? Because we envy those who do it. We say, oh, they got a good life. Bunch of covetous, truth-breaking Fornicators. Ooh, we like, ooh, look at them. They got all the women. Really? That's, right? That's why we want to be rappers. That's why we want to be stars. That's why we want to be ballers. That's why we want, because we want what they got. We want tattoos, because everybody got tattoos. Everybody famous has them, right? I envy them. What else do they have? Money. Ooh, but we read earlier today, wisdom is a defense. We want money, don't we? Why? Because money buys us the things we've been convinced that will bring us joy. Anybody had money before? Let me tell you this. If, not very much. If someone in here won the lottery today, today, I'm not saying go buy a lottery ticket on Sabbath, especially. I'm not saying go buy a lottery ticket, period. Say you want $100 million. You'd be happy for about 35 minutes until somebody else found out that you just won $100 million. Because you are, oh, it's going, we're going, oh, I'm going to have so much fun. I'm going to get this. I'm going to buy this. You're going to be one miserable soul. Hey, cuz. Oh, baby, 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 sis, uh, you know, uh. And you get to call someone, oh, what if you invest in this? You're going to be miserable. See, you hadn't been, you hadn't had the opportunity to be miserable as a rich person. 
Rich people are miserable, most of them. You know what you're going to be? Miserable, broke, and forgot God. What happens if God, I always tell God, I don't need to rent a lottery. I don't. I got you. And if I need lottery kind of money, guess where it's coming from? That's oh, yeah, get it made four hundred million. <laughs> That'd be difficult for me. You know, my big problem would be stop giving it all away. Because I'm a I'm a sucker for a sad story. Until I see what your real problem is. <laughs> I've gotten a little older, Sister Lynn. I've gotten a little older, and I don't really deal with people's excuses much like I used to. Oh, baby, I'm sorry. But ain't this the 15th time we've been here? And isn't it 14 times you refused to follow the council? Well, you're on your own now. But I promise you this. If we get 400 million, don't worry about it. As my son said, we all going to eat. All right? All right? <laughs> now, but God says, look, once you disobey me, this is the end result. And we don't want to be in the end result, do we? We don't want to be the, this, 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 this list of unrighteousness. But why do you think Satan wants to nail the commandments to the cross? Because that's your protection. That's your instruction in righteousness. Amen. Matthew, go to Matthew. We're going to be through in just a second. Go to Matthew, if you would. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Are we all right so far? Amen. Nothing outside of Jesus is worth it. Nothing, anything outside of him is destruction, and it's going to lead us to all unrighteousness. Not just a little unrighteousness. Not just baby unrighteousness. We are going to go full-fledged, especially those who have known the truth. See, our darkness will be gross darkness because we've seen his marvelous light. Amen? Matthew 5, we say... Let's go to verse 17. He said something about this law. And I don't know why he put this in here this morning. Maybe somebody's listening that needs to hear this. But I know everybody in here believes this. I pray everybody here believes this. But maybe you just need to hear it again. Matthew chapter what? 5 verse 17 says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law. How could he destroy what is perfect? Then we read the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. He said, I didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. Because the prophets talked about the law. The prophets testified. The prophets took down, dictated all these things. He said, I didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to do what? Anybody bother to look that up? Fulfill. I know we have a definition of fulfill. But God said, the translation is this. The word fulfill is from a, a, a Greek word you can pronounce uh, plerase. It's called replete. Replete. R-E-P-L-E-T-E. -E. By analogy, means complete. It means full. And replete means filled or well supplied. Very full. I came to supply what was missing in the law. I didn't come to destroy the law. The law was never to be destroyed. It can't be destroyed. It's perfect. Jesus said, I just came to fulfill it. I came to give back to it what I gave it with. 
He said, it needed my spirit. It needed love. By the time Christ got here on this earth, they had taken the commandments, the statutes, the judgments, all the words of the prophet and made them stone. He said, I came to give them life. I didn't, came to do away from, I didn't come to do away with it. I came to give it life. I came to make it very full, well supplied. Does that sound like somebody going out of business? I'm going to nail it to the cross. It's over. Right after you just restocked. He said, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be what? Well supplied. <laughs> Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Do you see why we need the law? Yes. And we need his word. We need his, his, his instruction. And that's why Satan is fighting furiously to keep you out of the protection. People tell you, no, the word ain't no good. You don't need that Old Testament. Now, get that King James out of here, man. If I could read Hebrew, I'd be in the Hebrew Bible. But I'm English. No, I'm American. And anytime somebody tells you, I use this Bible, the revised New International Way, Fred Sample version, because it's easier to read. I read in here, I will send you the comforter. To teach you what I'm saying. See, because what's written down ain't all of it. God said, I got so much for you. I wrote this in a book. Here, read the book. But I got something that's going to teach you what's more, even more than what's in this book. Yes, Lord. Well, I can't read. It's difficult. That's because you're reading it. Why don't you go ahead and live it and watch what happens to you? Amen. It becomes very clear at that point. Lord, you said what? Love my neighbor like myself. All right, let's go. I don't care how many these and thou's in there. Do it and watch what he does. He said, don't envy. Please don't envy the oppressor. Didn't he say that in the book of Psalms? He said, okay, well, I'm not going to envy. I'm going to, I don't need to be that. Can we make that statement? I don't need to be a Kardashian. Amen. People envy these people. Amen. I say, wow, man, you made all that money with no talent. That's not bad. <laughs> You don't need to be LeBron James. Amen. Let me tell y'all something about professional athletes. They're freaks, okay? Most of us aren't. You're not that good. You're never going to be that good. Why? Because you're not that freakish. Mm -hmm. They do scientific studies on these guys and say, man, this is some unusual stuff. That guy can see behind him. You don't need to be him, do you? Okay, you don't need to be president of the United States. You don't need to be president of your French club or whatever you're doing now. Just be God's person. Be a servant. And all these things shall be added unto you. 
would you rather be broke with Jesus or a millionaire with the devil? That's, that's the question you're going to have to answer because why? You know the truth. And you think the devil's not going to slide up on you? I'll make you a millionaire. Now, he's not going to come out there with the Halloween costume on. He's going to say, wow, you know, you're pretty talented. Let me, let's do this. It's for the good of the people. And your vanity will eat it all up. Well, you know, God said I was going to be able to help. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, what, what, what do we say? Uh, 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 man, it was, God says, I will be you. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a special person. I will be used to help people. So I'm going to go down this path. And you know what happens? You lose the truth. Don't ever lose the truth. Because you know God can keep you on this path. He can. Go to John and we get out of here. Well, eventually. Yeah, let's go. To, <laughs> I'm sorry. John chapter 14. Are we seeing this yet? Amen. Obedience is the protection. He said obedience is better than sacrifice. Because we don't know all the things we have to be protected from, so we can't pick and choose what we want to obey. We need to be protected from it all, so we need to be obedient in what? All. <coughs> John chapter 14. You know what we need to do? This word needs to go to more people. Amen. This word, now, notice what I said. This word needs to go to more people. Does it? Yes. Amen. We all need to pray that that we need to pray very hard that it happens. And that God would use us all to get that done. Because God says, it's going out to more people. My word, God is too big for this. I was coming here today. It was funny. Nelson, I got to God. Nelson said, man, what's on your face? That dried more. I've been crying when I was on the way. Because I was thinking how wonderful God is. And how big he is. And how awesome he is. And sometimes I get him tearful a little bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> but God is too big for this, man. And if you're not ready to be big, I don't know if you need to be around. Because he's about to do something with us that is going to blow your mind. But he can't do anything until we stop loving all unrighteousness. Because what, what, what happens if we got envy in us? And all of a sudden, we blow up. What happens if we have covetousness in us? And all of a sudden, we get huge. What do you think would happen? Oh, what happens if, oh, man, we get a big, giant place, and there's a 1,000 people in here, and, and, and your pastor ain't got the victory over fornication? Be a problem, wouldn't it? What about if, if on the other side, maybe, maybe the elders or the sisters in the church ain't got victory over gluttony? Then what we're going to do? Do you see what, how, how wonderful it is for this refining process? Just let it take place so we can go on and do what we got to get done. Let him refine us. Anybody in here need more refining? Yes. They say that a piece of coal under much pressure turns into a diamond. Well, I'm a big old lump of coal. 
There's a lot of pressure, and I got a long way to go. All of us do. But the promise is we're going to be diamonds, right? We're going to be precious jewels. Just go through the process. All right, we're John, what? John 14. Let's go to 15. Jesus makes a statement that contradicts everything in modern Christianity. Anybody want to read that? That's, I don't know if you can get any plainer than that, but God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16 says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may what abide with you, f- how long? Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Why can't the world receive or see the Holy Spirit? Why can't it receive the truth? Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth where? With you, and shall be where? In you. This is what we're looking for. We talked about Emmanuel this morning. God with us. This is his desire, is to be with us. Is to always be with us. He, he's giving us a way to stay with him, and that's his word, that's his law, that's his command. He said, follow my way. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay in John, and we're going to go to 15. We'll be done. John 15. He makes a statement here in, in verse 3. He says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So that's something else the word does, doesn't it? We talked about sanctification this morning, right? Do you know that if God is going to sanctify us, we must live a sanctified life? What does sanctify mean? Set aside. Can we set aside the world now? Can we set aside all unrighteousness? Can we set aside uh, our desire to pick and choose Jesus? Let's set that aside. Verse 4 says, abide in me, and I in you. Abide. What does abide mean? Live. Stay with me. Abide in me. Your life should be the life of Christ. Amen. He said, I'll abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except what? Ye abide in me. How do we abide in him? If you love me, do what? If we keep his commandments, we will live. Not only live, but we'll have life. And life more abundantly. We'll experience things on this earth that only a God can give a people. Please remember what God did for Israel. When he wanted to establish his covenant with them. What he promised them. When he established his covenant with Abraham. What he promised Abraham. See, you're going to be such a people that the people who bless you will get blessed. Didn't that what he said? Those who curse you, you know, we ain't going to bother about them. But God says, this is what I want to, uh, this is abiding. When you abide in me, this is what you get. Anybody need that? We need an abiding presence in our life, him abiding with us. Teach us, Lord, how to maintain this Emmanuel experience, God with us. You think we'll be all right if we do that? Can we pull it off with Jesus? Now, you've heard the truth, have you not? Don't have a reprobate mind. 
If the truth hurts, we got medical missionaries, don't we? <laughs> let, them, let them not only not go through just the process, but part of that process is a healing process. He said, I delivered you from Egypt. Now, let me sanctify you. You've been delivered from Egypt today. You are no longer under the cloud of darkness as it relates to what is out there. Who is out there? What is the result of our disobedience? You know this now, don't you? And it will stay with you if you allow it to. How are we going to do it? We're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Lord to help us. We're going to ask him to fill us. We're going to ask him to teach us and send this comforter that we need. Because when Tuesday gets here and you're not around other people who believe in you, is God the God of the whole earth? So where are you going and he's not there? Is his Holy Ghost, be, be, is he able to go anywhere that he needs to go? So wherever you are on Wednesday morning, take him with you. Say, I want to abide in you, Lord. Where are we going today? Stay in obedience so you may receive the protection and power. And when you find yourself outside of his protection and power, man up. Lord, yep, I blew it again. Forgive me. Don't spend your time trying to justify your position. You waste, a, you waste God's time and you waste your own time. I made a mistake. Lord, I knew better than I did it anyway. Why? Because I was, I, I was covetous and I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it. And I jumped out there, Lord, and I was just wrong after you told me I was wrong. And you know what he'll say? I love you. Now it's going to hurt a little bit. But come on back home. You got yourself in that. But I can get you out of it. But let me choose how to get you out of it. And in the middle of the getting out, anybody been through this? In the middle of the getting out, how things look better. And you say, oh, thanks, Lord, I got it from here. It's like, it's like, like being on a, on a, on a uh, uh, what do you call those things, a, a health program. Health program, 21 days. Day 10, you feel great, you quit. And get sick again. Now you bring the program. Anybody? Okay, not 20. I know none of it. Three days. Okay, how about that? Oh, man. You know, used to go on those master cleanse. Remember master cleanse was all the rage in the 90s? Well, it probably was all the rage after that. But back then, back in 91, 92, all oh, folks were dropping weight. That's what's so funny about it, Sister uh, uh, Jerry. Oh, man, I'm on master cleanse, you know. And the reason they wanted to lose weight because they wanted to look better in their clothes. Not because they wanted to be cleansed. They wanted to look better in their clothes. So, so it works too. You know, you mix up your little, your little lemon juice and your, your cayenne and your, was it maple syrup or something? And you, and you make your big old guy. That's all you drink for 20 days. I've never known anybody do it 20 days. But some people do. But you do, man. After about day two, when you stop starving, you're feeling good. Oh, yeah, man, everything's good by day five. Oh, I'm done with this. I dropped the weight I wanted to. I'm good. Forgetting what that lemon was doing. That lemon was going into those little cells, into those veins, and it was cleaning out those little toxins, and, and you really need to finish this program. Because y'all forgot the master cleanse requires you to drink regular water. 
Oh, so you drink, I'm, I'm feeling good. I stopped that. I stopped doing everything right. I'm going to Taco Bell. <laughs> Day eight, you sick. Now you blame the cleanse. Let's not treat Jesus like that. Jesus is forever. So once we start, let's continue every day to practice what he tells us to practice. And watch what happens. One day we'll be sanctified, and one day we get to go home. Let's have a word of prayer.